Africa has been rising to the top of many buyers' need-to-look-into list. However, the vastness of the continent and the diversity amongst regions makes this a daunting task. A new platform aims to make this easier by gathering key supplier information and organizing it into an easy-to-search database. Not only that, the platform provides an entire ecosystem that ties in support services from inspection to freelance designers. I'm Jane Singer, and welcome to A Seat at the Table. Today I'm speaking with Dirk Robin, CEO of Abana, a digital solution for discovering Africa's apparel manufacturers. Dirk has spent over 30 years in the apparel industry, both on the manufacturing side as well as serving as sourcing director for Mr. Price Group, Africa's largest retailer. He'll be explaining what Abana offers, as well as giving us a closer look at sourcing opportunities in Africa. Mauritius and Madagascar in particular have a long history as knitwear suppliers. As African nations, they also have duty-free status to both the EU and the U.S., as well as the ability to handle small orders with short lead times. Before we get started, if you're looking for trend information to technical innovation, then you'll want to check out Spin Expo, the primary exhibition for yarns and knitwear. The fair provides well-edited forums featuring high-quality products that are bursting with creativity. To learn more, go to spinexpo.com. That's S-P-I-N-E-X-P-O dot com. You can also find a link in the show notes for this episode. Now let's sit down with Dirk and get some insights into sourcing in Africa. Dirk, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it, and it's very exciting to be hearing about what you're pioneering with regard to helping people source in Africa. As we were just discussing, buyers are really looking to diversify their supply chain. I mean, certainly the pandemic has made people very aware of the need to be flexible, the need to be more diversified. Perhaps we can just start by jumping in with what you're doing with Abana. Well, thank you very much, first of all, for having me on your on your podcast. So basically, Abana is an online sourcing e-commerce platform where we connect manufacturers from Mauritius, Madagascar, and Africa um, to basically to the world. We Mauritius is probably more well known for manufacturing uh, than maybe some of the countries in Africa. I think the biggest issue for buyers today is the lack of data to actually connect to suppliers in Mauritius, Madagascar, or Africa. So we are basically collecting the data across Africa, Mauritius, and Madagascar, and putting that onto the platform for buyers to find new partners in manufacturing, whether it is on, on Jersey, Jersey uh, factories, uh, wovens, um, and, and knitwear as well. What specific data would you be collecting on the platform? Well, it's basically a full factory profile, what a factory can offer, obviously from the where the factory is based, about how many workers they have, capacity, production capabilities, lead times, and also um, factories who are going to be onboarded on Abana will need to be also having a social compliance. So does someone from your platform actually visit the factory in order to you know, to sort of vet what they're doing? 
Well, we, we do have reps in, in Africa, mainly in South Africa, Swaziland, Lesotho, Tanzania, Ethiopia, just to name a few as well, Egypt, Morocco, and Kenya. These guys have also been in the manufacturing for many, many years and do know most likely most of the manufacturers in their respective countries. When we do ask on the, on the platform to fill in the form, they need to advise what social compliance they have, and they need to produce also a compliance number, whether it is from RAP or from, from SEDEX or, or any other um, uh, compliance. So it's not really that we physically visit all the factories. Obviously, to visit factories here in Mauritius is a little bit easier because it is much smaller, and we've been already in the textile sector for 30 years, so we know the players and what they can offer. In the rest of Africa, I would think that our reps will go and visit factories, or at least they know who they are, uh, and, and and then bring them onto the platform. Right. I, yeah, I, I completely understand. It's a massive task to be able to physically get to many factories over a very huge geographic area. You know, we're also uh, paying a lot attention that we also bring on a lot of the SMEs. Um, because, you know, there are also the smaller retailers who place smaller orders. And I think that might be also something great uh, for, for smaller companies to find new sourcing, uh, new uh, manufacturing in, in the African continent. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, so much has been focused on the big volume side of the market. And yet there's tremendous opportunities for people who are in that midsize and who are actually looking for vendors who can handle orders of that size. Yeah, I think one of the biggest challenges is really how do you establish that level of trust? And I think that online has enabled people to make a lot of connections, but how do you, particularly when it's something that you can't return, it's not like buying something on Amazon where if it doesn't work out, you can send it back for a refund. How do you create through a platform that sense of trust? You see, we are actually bringing a whole ecosystem onto the platform. So it's not just only suppliers and retailers or, let's say, sourcing buyers. We are also bringing onto the platform the service providers. So if a smaller buyer works with an SME um, and wants to have, for example, a, a line inspection or final inspection done, they will find inspection companies on the platform they can connect to. They can also connect to how am I going to ship my goods from Africa to Europe or to the States. We have also, we're going to onboard um, uh, freight forwarders uh, to come onto the platform. Um, we got the courier services. Um, I'm really proud to say that DHL South Africa uh, is going to be a member of the platform because they're believing in the potential of, of South Africa. So we're starting the onboarding process um, towards the end of the week, beginning of next week. So it's a whole ecosystem where the smaller retailers can find the suppliers. How do we do inspections? They can even ask, uh, for example, we are offering a service as well, which is the merchandising uh, sort of um, service from the merchandising um, to inspection. And as well, we can help uh, to find um, forwarders to ship the goods. 
So you're really offering extended services, not simply a way to connect with suppliers and buyers, but also the support services. Absolutely. This is what we call the ecosystem on the platform, from the suppliers to the sourcing buyers, to the input suppliers, as well the service providers. People who are using the platform, are they paying a membership to be part of the platform? Are they paying by transaction? How does that work? It is a membership fee, which is um, either three months, six months, or 12 months. We're also bringing on freelancers, which are, for example, you know, in each country, you need urgently a pattern maker for two months. Um, you need maybe uh, a designer to work on a specific range. Um, buyers might find we would like to do uh, a basic T-shirt line with a nice African scheme or so. They will be able to find on the platform freelancers like designers and so forth to connect to if, if there is a need to that as well. So that's quite interesting because you're offering not only the connection between buyer and supplier, but you're also offering opportunities for freelancers. Correct. And this is all focused specifically on the apparel uh, and textile vertical? That's correct. Wow, really interesting. Looking ahead, what are some of the new things that you're either planning to roll out or that you're thinking of rolling out? Well, I mean, look, you know, I think, um, you know, we've been, if I compare the platform to what we were planning to do, about eight or nine months ago, and, and what the product is today, uh, we've added a lot of new features and so forth onto the platform. Um, one interesting part for the, on the platform is as well, which is actually for the smaller retailers uh, who have maybe one or two or three smaller stores, they are be able to come onto the platform for free and they can buy what we call drops. Drops are men's and ladies' wear. We've worked for the moment only with suppliers in Mauritius, um, smaller factories um, where uh, we did a kind of, a, I wouldn't say a collection, um, in men's wear, ladies' wear, sort of medium to high level, um, beautiful uh, cashmere pullovers in 14-gauge, 16-gauge uh, linen shirts, um, Supima cotton T-shirts. So really sort of upmarket. And the smaller retailer who is interested to buy can buy as little as one box, which is across sizes between 10 and 20 pieces per style. So in other words, these are collections that have already been produced. So the people who are buying this are buying wholesale uh, but in small volume. 100%. And the goods are ready to be shipped. So basically, if you come on as a, as a small buyer, you are choosing a box or two, we will be able to ship this out within three to four days. And then obviously with the shipping time, let's say by the time they've placed the order, uh, a, a, a smaller retailer should have the goods within, within 10 to 14 days latest. So it allows them also to be much closer to the market, knowing what styles are selling and what are the colors selling. So really, they're able to be more of a merchant and a retailer without having to be a designer. Correct. I think there's a lot of demand from people who are, like you said, small to medium size. They need to have that kind of 
what used to be a wholesale market where you would go in and you would buy, you would choose from brands that somebody else had already produced the collections. Yeah, that's correct. And so you're encouraging more brands to be able to offer goods on this whole, on the wholesale platform. Well, it's not really for brands. It is really for the manufacturers where we are sitting with them and guiding them through what kind of yarns and fabrics they have in stock. So it becomes also sustainable. So it's, 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 it's smaller leftover runs, A-graded fabrics and yarns and so forth, which we are then converting into the garments um, so that there is also a, a sort of a sustainability aspect. Uh, to the whole thing. Um, so it's really only for the manufacturers to sell on, on their platform. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I think that these platforms that are enabling people to have an outlet for what you might call dead stock, whether it be raw materials or finished garments. Yeah, look, you know, I, I agree with that. I mean, there is obviously a lot of stock in the pipeline. Um, I think in particular, uh, probably for, for, the, for the big retailers and so forth. You know, we are trying to go a little bit into a niche market as well, where, you know, the prices are not really stock prices or dead stock prices. These are all, you know, as I said, A-grade fa fabrics, uh, whether it is um, single jersey fabrics or woven fabrics. These were converted then into garments. We have worked with, with the factory where we believe that these styles are going to sell for the drops on the platform. And it is really sort of medium to upper market retailer. So we're not going into a kind of a, well, I wouldn't say a price war, but we're not selling a basic T-shirt uh, for $1.50 just to get rid of stock. It's a right. different product. It's upmarket product. So it's really not for people to try to clear excess inventory. No. It's, it's really, it's sort of like a traditional model where people would be buying currencies and goods from something that's that is mid tier to high end and not something that was being put there for clearance. Yeah, 100%. It's exactly that. Yeah, I think that's interesting and um so there seems to be at the moment a demand on a ver on a smaller scale level. Yeah, I would think so as well. And you're giving obviously the smaller retailers the flexibility also. Um you know, if you buy normally branded stuff uh, what the normal smaller retailers do, Obviously, you have to, you know, place orders four, five, six months before they actually receive the goods. So there's a lot of unknown factors as well in terms of, you know, what is the style going to be sold in six months and what are the colors. With those drops, you see what we are offering. You see the colors, you see the size ratio. And as I said, you will be delivered within 10 days to 14 days max. And you will be able to gauge whether you're going to sell that product or not. So you're taking a lot of risk out on not selling what you're actually offering in your, in your store. Buyers can be from anywhere in the world. If somebody wants to get one of your drops, they can be you could ship to anybody worldwide. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And also, for example, if we're going to ship into, into the United States, uh, we will also make sure that there is the Agoa certificate. Um, so, so that will be also shipped into the United States duty-free. And the same for Europe with an A1 certificate. 
Yeah, that's very good because the duty-free can make a very big difference. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, once a smaller retailer is interested in that product, I would think they will come back and then obviously buy also more. I think the first buy will probably one or two boxes just to see how the product comes out and how, how it sells. Um, and then hopefully second time around, third time around, obviously, hope, hopefully the quantities are getting bigger. Um, and then, you know, with the duty-free, uh, it, makes, uh, it makes a difference on, on the selling price. Yeah, absolutely. The timing is very good right now because buyers are under pressure, first of all, to diversify their supply chain. The pandemic has proven to us that the supply chain is a lot more fragile than we might have thought. Um, at the same time, shifts in duty-free agreements, it's, it's pushing them to look for new places where they can source duty-free. And Africa is one of the places that's um, still remaining that has duty-free with both the EU and the US. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think it was, I think also, I think an eye-opener for a lot of retailers and brands also to gauge how dependent they are maybe on a country like China and maybe Bangladesh and India, which obviously uh, is a kind of a risk factor as well uh, with regards to uh, supply. So I think that was a little bit of an eye-opener as well for people to wanting to engage with, with new countries. And I think Africa has that potential to cater for retailers and, and for the brands. Where do you see the growing opportunity right now? Something that may be underdeveloped or underutilized, but that you feel this is going to be a real growth area. Well, I think Africa in itself is a growth area. I mean, none of the, the big retailers or very little of the big retailers uh, or, or brands are actually working in, in Africa, uh, including Mauritius and, and Madagascar. I think there's a huge potential on basic fashion as well as on, on, on fashion basics. And, and, and some of the manufacturers in certain countries are certainly be able to, to offer the fashion as well. Um, and Africa has, I think, a really good textile know-how, but also never really had also access to a database to connect also to, to buyers or sourcing buyers in Europe or in the States or so forth. Very interesting. I think you're right about that. I think that um, this is the time when people are much more open, perhaps, than they were to be trying a new place, perhaps um, testing a new vendor. Well, indeed. I mean, look, you know, I don't think that any retailer will move in with, with massive orders to start with. Um, I think there will be, obviously, a period where, you know, trial orders will be placed and um, and then grow the business from there if both parties are satisfied uh, working together. Um, I think I really believe that um, Africa has an enormous possibility to supply retailers uh, and brands worldwide. Nowadays, people are still very price conscious, but in addition to looking at price, speed and flexibility has become very important, for particularly for the larger brands. When you look at Africa, of course, the garment manufacturing side of things was the first to be developed. What are you seeing in terms of the rest of the supply chain, particularly investment in mills and also in advanced logistics? 
And I, I mean, I realize that, you know, you'll have to address this from different parts of Africa because it's not unilateral across the entire continent. Well, I think, you know, Mauritius is obviously quite advanced. Most T-shirt factories are fully integrated. Uh, so they do uh, do their own knitting, dyeing, finishing and, and manufacturing. Most factories, knitwear factories, um, flat knit factories are fully integrated as well. We have denim factories who are fully integrated from spinning, actually. So I think Mauritius has quite a big expertise in working with brands and understanding the importance of shortening lead times, where buyers are obviously much closer to the market to decide what styles to buy, what colors uh, to avoid any, you know, uh, markdown stock holdings and so forth. Other countries, Madagascar, they are fully integrated factories as well, but not all the factories in Madagascar, like in Mauritius, are fully integrated. I think the supply chain on yarn fabrics in Africa is, I think, um, a little bit more difficult. Uh, what we do allow is actually for um, input suppliers from non-African countries to actually become a member on the platform to supply yarn or woven fabrics. Yeah, I think that's interesting because obviously if you don't have the yarns or the fabrics on hand, it becomes a little bit difficult in order to have that speed. So I think that a lot of people who are in Africa are primarily doing jeans, t-shirts, perhaps uniforms, things that are less time sensitive, where it's more of a, it's less fashion driven, it's less time sensitive. But I think that people who are you know, a little more upstream are also wanting to consider Africa. So therefore, these other inputs would become more important. Um, do you see development coming along in that? I mean, I know it's not there yet, but do you see a timeline for that? Or do you feel that it, it's really still focused on the garment making side of things other than like you said, in Mauritius, where you have vertically integrated? Well, I think if uh, spinners will see the growth of Africa, um, I would I would certainly believe that yarn suppliers and fabric mills are going to look at Africa to start a factory uh, within Africa to supply fabric and yarn much much faster than maybe what it is today. I think that that would you know that could be game changing. What about logistics? Because another side of things that becomes a sticking point in certain countries is not just having the fabric available, but also once the product is made being able to get it to a port and get it to the uh, end market? Well, I mean, look, and obviously all the big shipping uh, companies are working out of Mauritius, Madagascar and uh, Africa as well. The frequency of the vessels, I do hope um, going forward will increase as I believe as well that the, uh, you know, the export will increase as well. So I'm, I'm hoping that the shipping companies are going to put more vessels than what it is now. However, uh, Mauritius is offering fantastic uh, subsidy from the government where the retailers who are brands and need fast um, production is actually a rebate on air freighting. And that is to Europe as well as to the United States. Well, I think it sounds very exciting. I thank you so much, Dirk, for being on the podcast. It's been really interesting to hear everything that you're working on. I think this is really the, the way forward. I think certainly as we move out of the pandemic, there's a lot of opportunities here and having a platform to be able to allow people to see what's available and then go forward from there is really, it's the right, 
it's the right thing at the right time. Um, I would I would really think so. And and as I said, it's all about Africa. So so we are very excited, and uh, the response we had so far from manufacturers and and, and retailers, I personally know, um, was very very positive. And uh, yeah. Very exciting. I have to say. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for sharing that with us. Thank you very much for having me. If you enjoyed this episode of A Seat at the Table, join me again next week when I'll be sitting down with Christophe Roussel, Executive Vice President of International Sourcing and Production for Gap Inc. And make sure to visit Spin Expo. From trend information to technical innovation, Spin Expo is the primary exhibition for yarns and knitwear. The fair provides well edited forums featuring high quality products that are bursting with creativity. To learn more, go to spinexpo.com. That's S-P-I-N-E-X-P-O.com. You can also find a link in the show notes for this episode. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Jane Singer, and I'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>